What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Open Championship. I'm about to take you through a data-driven research show to hopefully get the most out of the major championship this week. We're going to talk about the course. We'll go tier by tier through the pricing. We'll run a custom model at the end. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everything that I show you is from my website, rickrungood.com, a giant golf database for fantasy golf and betting on golf. You should sign up for it. You'll see that and might as well subscribe and get these videos each and every week. Let's jump into it right now. The old course at St. Andrews. Is there anything like it? It's the home of golf. It's been around for hundreds of years. The new course was completed at the end of the 1800s. That's how old the old course is. And we've gone here 30 times in the history of the open championship obviously we don't have all the strokes gain data and the shot link stuff from all of those but uh we do have a lot of information from the two most recent trips to st andrews which were 2015 and 2010 so when you start to look at what types of golfers should have success at the old course, there's a lot going on here. We only have two years worth of data going into the, the correlated stats model. Um, you know, it, what this does is it compares every stat on the PGA Tour uh, for that year with the results for every single player in the field, and it shows what's important at which golf course. So just let me show you the stats first, then we can kind of talk through this. Driving distance ranked eighth means there's only seven other courses on the PGA Tour schedule in which driving distance is more important. Around the green, fifth, which means there's only uh, four other courses in which strokes gained around the green was more important. Driving accuracy, very, very low, basically dead last. And that kind of passes the sniff test, right? These are very wide fairways. A lot of these holes just run side by side. You go out in one direction, you come back in. Uh, there's a lot of ability to miss and if you do miss the fairway the rough is like 1.6 inches thick there's not a lot of penalty out there for missing into the rough if you do find yourself there now whether there's fescue and pot bunkers and all this other stuff that that's kind of a different conversation to be had hitting it off the tee um there's going to be a lot of ways to approach it. So I think what you're going to learn about St. Andrews and about Lynx Golf in general is that this place is going to give you a million options. And most guys will opt to hit driver off the tee every single hole. And I won't blame them for that. And just try to hit it down there as far as possible. The pro and, and honestly, there's a couple of drivable par fours. There's maybe three to five of them, depending on wind, which we'll get into in a second. Um, but there's going to be a lot of short kind of drivable-ish par fours. If you get the right bounce, you get the right kick. If you opt to go in that direction, you are going to leave yourself with a lot of really awkward 75 to 125 yard flip wedges, might not be full shots. That's something we're going to look at. Or you could opt to play to a number, which is what a lot of guys are going to do. Maybe say, okay, I want to have my second shot be a full 135. I'm going to take this angle with this club and try to make that happen. That's kind of the more strategic aspect of St. Andrews. You're going to have options, and then you can kind of figure it out from there. The second shots, uh, they're going to be hitting a lot of greens. These are massive greens. In fact, uh, there are seven double greens out there, which means two holes for like literally two pins for two different holes are on the same physical green, which makes them huge, um, upwards of 35,000 square feet in some situations. 
it's gonna it means you're gonna hit a lot of greens. If you don't hit a lot of greens, you are going to be um you can putt from off the green. And if you do hit the green, you're gonna find yourself with a lot of really long putts. There are gonna be hundred foot putts this week. And what you'll hear over and over and over again from a lot of guys who are already out there who have a lot of experience at the old course is lag putting and how important lag putting is going to be. And I find it very interesting that if you look at the um, you know lesser common high, highest correlated stats to success, approach putt performance, that's the first putt that you hit, uh, essentially a, a lag putt. Number two, which means there's only one course on the PGA Tour schedule in which lag putting was more closely correlated with success than here at St. Andrews. That makes complete sense. You'll also note, um, you know, 50 to 100 or 50 to 75 yards also ranked very highly. Approaches from inside 100 yards, approaches from 50 to 75 yards also ranked pretty high. So we're starting to build this case of different ways to get it done around the old course. Now, um, it's a unique setup. Only two par fives, only two par threes. So you have a bunch of par fours if you want to look into par four scoring. Not very long par fours. The real X factor is obviously going to be any wind or weather that we get. I would highly encourage you um, to take your hand, super glue it, and stick it on your desk. And do not set a lineup until Wednesday night. Uh, and remember, this is going to start Wednesday overnight, so don't wait too, too long. The idea being the weather forecast is going to change frequently between now and the time they tee off. And we want to have as much information as possible because if this gets windy, that's one of the main defenses that you have at the old course. It, it's it's super exposed. Um, the wind can wreak havoc on these guys. And when you... Uh, are able to potentially catch the right side of a wave like there was last week, right? Last week, there was a, a nearly a two shot uh, wave disadvantage or wave advantage, depending on what side you were looking at. Something like that could come into play. It's not uncommon for an open championship to wipe out half the field uh, with, 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 with wind and weather. So the good news is you can reserve your entries. You can get everything all set up and then you can figure it out and enter everything out later. So the Wednesday live show that I do 3 PM Eastern time on the Rick run good YouTube channel, going to be very valuable because of the weather conversations and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm trying to think, Oh, final thoughts. We already have guys out on the ground. We've already got, uh, my, my, my media buddies are out there. We're seeing video. It it looks baked already. It looks crusty, right? I, I don't think even without wind, I don't think they're getting deep into 20 under par. Um, the other thing, when when you have firm and fast conditions, which is what they have already at St. Andrews, is uh, it, it makes the hazards much bigger, right? When you are, uh, it, it makes these pop bunkers more magnetic. It makes these, you know, the ball rolling off some of these humps and these hills, the ball will roll further um, into fescue or into kind of uh, a penal situation when you have firm and fast and it's already crusty. So hoping for no rain, I want to see these guys uh, really battle it out. And then when you take all the stuff that I'm talking about, I think you have to add in a little bit of creativity, right? If you watched anything of the Scottish Open, if you didn't, I highly encourage you to go back. Uh, they're showing replays on it. If you can find it on YouTube or maybe you DVR'd it or something, go back and look. The, the Lynx golf is played so much on the ground and you're kind of just at the luck of the draw in a lot of situations. You can hit a really good shot and not get it rewarded. Um, 
you can hit a a horrible shot and have it have it come out smelling like roses. There's just a lot of volatility and a lot of variance here. So um, we'll obviously cover the golf course and everything else much more in depth, but that's that's the general preview. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet. Six golfers over. $10,000. And uh, there's really a lot to discuss here. And we're proud. We don't have to go one by one, but we're going to have to do something close to it. Rory McIlroy at $11,100 is a deserving, most expensive golfer, deserving favorite. If he is the favorite at the book that you bet at, um, he's got three top 10 finishes already. I do have a few concerns about this version of Roy McIlroy. I'm, I'm quite bullish on his opportunity this week. Remember, he did not play the 2015 Open Championship at St. Andrews. He had that ankle injury, played in 2010, finished inside the top five. I have a little bit of a concern. The, the two things that I worry about Roy McIlroy are um, his three-putt avoidance, which he's 119th on the PGA Tour. That's a little bit worrisome. And the 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 kind of short, flippy wedge approach play. Um, you know, 92nd from 50 to 125 yards, 155th from 75 to 100, 48th from 50 to 175. You put all three of those together, it's not particularly great for one of the best drivers of the golf ball or one of the best players on, on planet. Now, the good news is he is going to drive it so well, and he's going to be up to a, a lot of these greens, you know, off the tee shot, um, giving himself a, a ton of opportunities. And I think you're going to see uh, Rory really have to drive it well, right? Really have to drive it well, really have to putt well, avoid those three putts. If he can do that, he's likely to contend. But when we're splitting hairs at the top here, I know I'm going to get to guys who are cheaper and maybe more exciting, but I will likely remain fairly bullish on Rory, but I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to skip out on him. Scotty Scheffler coming off a missed cut at the Scottish Open, but remember, not all missed cuts are the same, and the last time he missed the cut at the PGA Championship, he bounced right back with a runner-up finish at the Charles Schwab Challenge. So let's look at how he missed the cut at the Scottish Open. Well, he gained three strokes in the ball striking categories, gave two back around the greens, and one and a half with the putter. Is that a concern? Not really. You know, I wish it was better around the greens, but if you're tapping into that at, at St. Andrews uh, with how big these greens are, and, you know, there, there's just a lot of different shots that he's going to be able to hit. So I'd, I'd almost prefer to go back to Scotty. The, the thing when we start splitting hairs, are we getting worried about John Rahm? You know, I have to admit, I, I I kind of am, right? So, John Rahm has lost strokes off the tee in two of his last three, including last week at the Genesis Scottish Open. He had not lost... The last time he had lost two times in three starts off the tee was mid-2019. He did not lose once off the tee from the 2019 Tour Championship until just recently, um, the 2022 Memorial. Three years, basically. So am I now worried that he's lost strokes off the tee twice in his last three starts? The ball striking in general hasn't been super solid in that stretch, right? The approach game's kind of lagging behind. I I worry about John Rahm a little bit. Uh, these guys are all fantastic, right? They're all high-end players, but I think at least of the big three at the top, Scotty's the one that has me... Most excited. It's probably Scotty, Rory, Rom in that order. Uh, again, very, very close on all of them. Now, the bottom of the 10K range has me a lot more excited. Colin Morikawa gets to defend. Uh, coming off a miscut at the Scottish Open. Don't mind it one single bit. 
played well at the U.S. Open, probably should have won it outside of the Saturday 77. He is so volatile in a good way, right? It's why he's going to continue to win. Justin Thomas, you know, has now lost strokes with the putter in each of his last two. He's been... He, he actually made a comment that was like, you know, I don't mind missing the cut at the Scottish Open. I get to get out to St. Andrews a couple days earlier. He's been playing with Tiger. He's been trying to pick the brain. If, if the concern is he's not going to putt well, I get it. But he's got tangible gains this year with the flat stick that has spurred him to already one major championship victory. Uh, all good. The, the big one here we have to talk about is Jordan Spieth. Um, and, you know, I'm certainly on the record of this year saying that all four major championship venues have been in theory, on paper, very good setups for Jordan Spieth. Unfortunately, he has taken zero advantage of any of them. I'm ready to give him one more go, right? And and I think that's fair because Lynx golf uh, and Open Championship golf is like just oxygen to Jordan Spieth. Finishes T10 last week at the Scottish Open. I'll tell you what, didn't even play all that well. Did not even play all that well. The Sunday back nine was was heinous. It was horrible. Um, you know he's he's still missing short putts. He was he drove it well, drove it accurately enough for most of the week. Started spraying it on the back nine. He got to five under par. The winning score was seven. He got close to this thing, kind of punted it away. Finished his t ten. Still gained a ton of strokes off the tee. Still gained on approach. Still gained across the board. Am I worried about those short putts? Of course I am. Uh, however, when you start talking about creativity, which is what an open championship is going to not ask you, going to require of you, and just seeing shots, uh, that's Jordan Spieth. Look at this open championship history, right? 2015, or 2015 that was St. Andrews, T4. Uh, he won it in 2017. T9 in 2018. Runner-up last year. Has never missed a cut at an open championship. This is so well-suited for him. Um, I'm willing to go right back to him one more time. $10,000. Uh, You go back to Jordan Spieth. You go right back to Xander Shoffley. You go right back to Matt Fitzpatrick. If you wanted to skip the top three guys on the board and just fade the win equity, I think I I feel you there. The 9K range is stacked. Uh, I'm looking at the last 24 rounds, PGA Tour rounds. I mean, we could add in everything here, but last 24 rounds on the PGA Tour, which by the way, two weeks ago, the guy who led uh, led the field in in strokes gain total over the last 24 was JT Post, and he went on to win. Last week, it was Xander Shoffley. He went on to win. So maybe it is Roy McIlroy who, who, leads, who leads in strokes gain total over the last 24, but maybe it's Xander who's the best in the 9K range and second in this field, gaining over two and a half strokes uh, to the field, back-to-back victories, uh, that you know that doesn't even count the 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 silly JP McManus pro am, which is essentially three straight events that he teed it up in. They handed him a trophy, right? And then five or six starts ago with uh with with uh, Patrick Cantlay, they win the Zurich Classic. Now the resume of Xander Schauffele looking a lot stronger. Uh, what does Xander do really well? He has a lot of wedge shots, right? He's got a ton of those kind of like dead hand wedge shots from all different distances, control the spin, drive it low, take it high, whatever you want. There is, he doesn't get enough credit for the creativity that he actually, uh, that he actually possesses. And 
he's now driving it. I mean, he hits that. If he can hit that like slingy draw where it rolls out 80 yards and then hit wedges dead and putt to the way he's putt, like it's over. It's over. Now, um, there's certainly going to be a lot of guys that have say the say about that. There's going to be a lot of luck. There's going to be a lot of weather that is going to have a say in that. But but it's really hard to see a path in which in which Xander doesn't set up uh, in, in incredibly incredibly well for um, for the old course. 100 to 125 yards, seventh. 125 to 150, eighth. Uh, 50 to 125, 12th. 75 to 100, 10th. Three putt avoidance, fourth. It's all there. It's all there. Par four scoring, second. Par three scoring, first. He actually struggles more on par fives. Thirty second on tour. There's only two of them. I mean, this is really, uh, again, this is very. It's almost very little opinion. It's it's just like look at look at the numbers. He's been, he's been absolutely incredible. Uh, just so in love with the with everybody in this nine k range, right? Matt Fitzpatrick follows up a U.S. Open win with a sixth place finish at the Scottish Open. You can go right back to him. Will Zalatoris has six top ten finishes in eight major championship starts. Will Zalatoris, I will tell you, also. You know, gets a lot of um, grief for the putting stroke. He's still a pretty good putter. He does not three putt often. Uh, he's better from longer than he is from shorter, which, you know, you could argue there's going to be a lot of difficult putts this week, but he finds a way to make it work at major championships. Uh, you know, Cam Smith, who, um, you know, I was super excited on last week, goes out, plays well at the Scottish Open, and now you got to kind of consider him again where it's where it's Link's style of, of golf. Let's pull up Cam Smith's profile. While he was very reliant on the putter at the Genesis Scottish Open, gaining seven strokes, that might be a good sign, right? Because what, what did we talk about last week? That he was kind of mired in a little bit of a putting slump. And to see him bounce out of that, um, even though the approach play wasn't as good, like he's just got to marry these two things now, right? The the approach play, which he's been so good at over the last 24 to 30 rounds and stay out of this, um, you know, break out of this putting slump that you were in. If those things come together, it's it's pretty dangerous. And he's a, he's a, he's a short game wizard. So this 9K range is really stacking up. What, what would I not like, right? Maybe that's easier to go through here. Um, you know, Dustin Johnson and, and the live the live golf results, they're hard to kind of reconcile against um against what we're seeing in the world of golf. Are a handful of, you know, no cut rounds gonna be enough to get DJ competitively ready? I don't know. He already was playing potentially trailing off, not as excited. Hideki, I I, I tip my cap to Hideki and his uh improvements with not only uh, the putter, but just like other, just like so many good statistical improvements for Hideki Matsuyama uh, this year. However, if you start pulling up his open championship record, like he's got a big enough sample size to be pretty worried about this, right? So he's played the open championship seven times. He's missed the cut in three of his last four. His best finish was his first start nine years ago, a T6 in, in 2013. He did finish T14 in 2017. Um, when he played at St. Andrews in 2015, it was a T18. But this is this is starting to be a little bit tr uh, troublesome about the style of golf that, it's be that he's being asked to play. And maybe that doesn't match with the style of golf that he wants to play or he excels at. The $8,000 range is fascinating. Um, Sam Burns, we were worried about the ball striking, uh, and rightfully so last week. He finished at 66. That's not a great result. The Scottish didn't really make me feel any better about that. So I love Sam Burns. I will probably 
pass on him and find him a little bit later down the road. Louis Ustazen is equally as difficult to figure out as Dustin Johnson because of the live golf stuff. Now he's got two uh, top tens. He's got a T10 and a fifth place finish in, in the two live events that he's played. He snuck a little T8 in there at the BMW International Open. I think what is exciting about Louis is obviously the the uh, the St. Andrews history, right? So he wins... He wins in 2010. He plays well in 2015. Just in general, he has an unbelievable track record at Open Championships. Uh, a third place finish last year. A T20 in 2019. Remember, we didn't play this in 2020. So if you're seeing that missing on everybody's uh, profile and the cheat sheet, that, that's why. Remember, this was this was not played in 2020. So this is just such a, a, a good... Again, like it's just such a different style of golf. And when you've got a win and a runner-up, in the last two trips to this exact golf course, like you're, you're going to be fairly, you're going to be fairly popular. Um, Terrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood are, are, are both quite interesting. Fleetwood played well at the Scottish open last week has got decent open championship history. He's been trending in the right direction. Terrell Hatton is a lot more volatile and this golf course and the open championship in general is a lot more volatile. But I think if we dive into some of these Terrell Hatton stats, I think you're going to be, a little bit excited, right? So he, he he hits it well at the Scottish Open, gains nearly five strokes in the ball striking categories. Uh, if you go to his stats page, you will realize he is one of the best players on tour in not three-putting. Uh, he does it 1.5% of the time. It's the third best rate on the PGA Tour. And that is going to be so critical this week. I worry about his scrambling. Uh, you'll hear, and I worry about his wedge play. Right, these short little wedges. It, better, better from further for Terrell Hatton. So he's going to have to approach this probably a little bit differently. He probably doesn't want to hit driver everywhere and give himself seventy-five yards in. He wants to lay back to like one thirty or something like that. Now, whether he will actually do that, I don't know. Scrambling is also kind of an interesting idea for this week, and and I can show you on the Holy Grail a couple of other things. But the idea around scrambling, and you hear a lot. This is more in the quotes. It's like. Lynx golf is just putting the ball in the hole. Like one way or another, putting the ball in the hole. You're going to be in some awkward spots. You're going to be up against the lip of these pop bunkers. Um, you, like we saw Kurt Kitayama on Sunday at the Scottish Open have to take a knee outside of a bunker and hit a shot like that. Like you just need to be able to get up and down. And scrambling is a kind of a flawed stat, but it's also kind of not. It's just a basic, did you get up and down type of deal. And, and at an Open Championship, you always hear guys talking about scrambling. So if you go to the Holy Grail, you go to the stats page, um, you can look at everybody in this field for any stat that you want. It's uh, I should show this more. But um, the best scramblers in this field, uh, Shane Lowry, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung J.M., Chris John Bezano, Justin Thomas, Seamus Power. Um, we're in. We're currently in that $8,000 range, so, so Sung J.M. is the one name that pops up there. If you want to start looking at, I believe there's a stat. Let me see if I have it here. Yeah, I do. Approach approach putt performance. That is uh that's like lag putting, right? That that's that's what they call that. Basically, your first putt, how close to the hole does it get? And did you knock it dead? Did you lag it to a good spot? Um and you can also look at three putt avoidance as well. So the top guys in approach putt performance Patrick Cantlay, Abraham Answer, Justin Thomas, Danny Willett, Dylan Fratelli, HV3, actually Hideki's on this list, and Jordan Spieth as well. Uh, if you look at three-putt avoidance, that's where Hatton came into play, right? That's where we were looking for him. $8,700. He's third on tour. The only guy in this field better 
is Taylor Gooch. We're going to talk about Taylor Gooch in a second. Um, but Xander Shoffley's third in three-putt avoidance. Lucas Herbert, Abe Answer, Harold Varner the third. Like th- It's just, uh, it's going to be so, so critical. It's going to be so critical. So going back to that that $8,000 range, we saw we saw Sung JM's name pop up. Um, I wouldn't mind if you went back to Corey Connors or, or Joaquin Neiman if this thing's going to get really windy. Let's talk about Bryson DeChambeau for a second. There is actually a path for Bryson that I, that I really don't mind around St. Andrews. I think in general, St. Andrews might be on the better side of things for him, like the better open championship venues, but I still think they all kind of stink for him, right? What have we been talking about? Options and creativity and strategy and having multiple shots. When all of your clubs are the same length, when you are trying to remove the technical side of, or when you're trying to remove the creativity side out of everything and, and be technical, it's going to be really hard. And and it's showing up in Bryson's results, right? You look at his open championship stuff. I think this is going to be his fifth start. He's missed the cut in two of four. His best finish was last year. It was 33rd. I, I, I worry uh, about him being able to kind of solve the puzzle. That is an open championship, at least from what I've seen from him this thus far in his career. The $7,000 range has a lot. Um, these are also the guys that I target a lot on jock market, which is stock market DFS. You can buy, sell short shares of golfers. So for example, JT Poston over the last 10 markets is like the best ROI guy. Now, obviously the victory two weeks ago, but even before that, he was doing well. His average IPO is like four bucks a share. His average payout's like $7.64 a share. Keegan Bradley does not have a win in that stretch. He's also a big time ROI golfer, uh, 60% ROI over his last 10 cash markets. So if we look at Keegan specifically here, you'll kind of see he's just always outperforming his expectation, right? He's made you a winner in, in six of his last 10 cash markets. The, this is the range of golfers that I love here. Um, you know, so when Keegan gets you 10 bucks a share, uh, finishing at, at Arnold Palmer, he turns your profit in 15 at the players and 18 at the Wells Fargo and 13 at the U S open. So Keegan's just been a a killer in this category, you know, unlikely that he wins, but there are other places like jock market, uh, you can win. So that's, there's a link in the description. If you use the code Rick, you get up to a hundred dollar deposit match. Joe Idoni and myself do a power hour every Wednesday night. It's a fun little format, especially for the bottom of the board, the bottom of the board. It's, you know, it's hard to get access to in a lot of formats. I love it for jock market. Speaking of love, Max Homa, right? Like what, what are we doing? Max Homa. How in the world is Max Homa $7,900? You know, I, I chuckled last week and declared my love for Max at $8,000 at the Scottish Open. And he, and he came through. Um, he was another guy who touched five under on Sunday. And then he gave like four back coming in, which wasn't pretty. But to still finish T16, I, I, I've seen plenty. You know, Max Homa, let's, let's just look at this just for kicks. So we've got... Um, Last 24 rounds, everyone in this field ball striking. Max Homa is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's tenth in this field, and there's probably two or three guys ahead of him that have a small sample size. So let's call him seventh in this field in ball striking. He's been better than Corey Connors, been better than Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau. Must I go on in ball striking? Like one of the most important things. Let's go strokes gain total. Let's just like look at what the like one, two, three, four, five, six best player in this field over his last 24. Max Homa's dialed, and you're starting to see him figure out the short game, aren't you? So short game, uh, strokes gained short game is around the green plus putting. He has gained 
one, two, three, four, five times in his last six starts. That was a problem in his game, and he patched it. Um, I don't have much more to say. If you've been following along, I appreciate it. If you're not, hit you know hit the subscribe button. Follow along, get these Max Homer rants every single week. But the fact that he's $7,900 is criminal. We'll check to see what his ownership is uh, as we get closer to, to lock here. If we continue on this trend of just ranking guys uh, in you know over the last twenty four in the set in the uh, seven thousand dollar category uh, range by strokes gain total, we we saw Max Homa one point nine seven. Ryan Fox is the only guy better two point one seven. Now a lot of that, like a, a, the vast majority of that, are are strictly European Tour uh, starts. But it's worth noting that he's there. Adrian Moronk, same thing. Vast majority. Uh, DP World Tour starts. Thomas Peters, similar. Keegan, JT Poston, Seamus Power. Those are your more um, uh, PGA Tour guys. And actually, we could look at the weighted version of this. But before I do, I want to look at I want to look at Taylor Gooch. Um, you know, this I saw him at like two hundred to one or two hundred fifty to one to win this thing, and he has just gone, you know, completely under the radar. You're getting this live discount. So two top tens in live, which I told you is hard to reconcile, but I told you Louis did the same thing. And even his miscut at the US Open, uh, he gained four and a half strokes on approach. He gave it all back and then some in the short game. He's a very solid ball striker in general, at least what we've seen from him uh, in the measured events that we have. I would not be surprised to see Gooch play much better than expectations. Do I think he's going to win? No. But do I think anyone's going to play him? No. Finished 33rd at the Open Championship last year. It's the only Open Championship he's played in. I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like, what, what's he, is he going to be 3% owned? I'm, I'm interested to see how that kind of, uh, how that whole thing shakes out a little bit. Um, let me flip this back around here because we do have someone named Tiger Woods in this category. Now, we don't have much data to go on. So I, I got to give you a little bit of, of the tiger narrative here, right? Because we just have so, so little information. Um, I think him playing or not playing the U S open was brilliant. Brookline would have shredded him. And now he gets to fully prepare for, for the open championship. St. Andrews is the perfect spot for him, right? He's won twice here at St. Andrews, uh, winning once at St. Andrews is, is incredible. Bobby Jones said, you can't consider yourself a great player unless you've done it. Well, Tiger's done it twice. Um, the flat walk should hopefully mitigate that quick decline. What we saw from Tiger at both the, uh, masters and the PGA championship was this like very quick decline. You know, he could start well and you could just see the limp, the gate get more difficult uh, every single round. Well, here's hoping that this is uh, not going to happen as quickly. The other thing that makes me obviously think about that is he's already played full 18 holes of of, of practice on, hold on, it would have been on um, Sunday morning in, in St. Andrews uh, and he played with JT. Worth noting, he hadn't played 18 holes the week of at any major venue this year. So felt good enough to do that. We'll see what he what he continues to do. Um, has he has all the shots? It's not an overly long course. Actually, I did see this. Uh, so so I, I I'm more in, my my point being I'm more interested in Tiger this major championship than any than any major championship that we've had. I would still prefer to get access to him in Showdown 
or like single round scenarios? Because I think we're going to get a lot of change from Tiger day to day if he's on the wrong end of the draw. He's almost certainly going to play AM, PM. Like I guarantee it. So we'll see what the draw is going to be, and, and hopefully he's on the right side of it. But getting access to him in alternate markets, whether it's uh, showdown or whether it's on um, whether it's in the prop market, so they're gonna. I'm sure Prize Picks is gonna post a lot more of these props. Like it's I, this is Sunday night, so like nothing's been released yet, but they already have Tiger's round one birdie or better prop at three. I I think you have to go over here, right? I I mean Tiger is there. There's gonna be a lot of. Like he's not going to get in trouble off the tee all that much. He can generally get dialed in with those little wedges. He's got so all the game in the world, um, like creativity wise. I, I I think I'd be hammering the three over three. And if you're looking to to pair it with something over two birdies for Ernie, feels pretty good too. I'm not touching John Daly. I'm not touching Phil Mickelson. You put these together to pay out three X. You can use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. But like let, while we're here degenning this, like let's just look at. Um, Ernie's stuff recently, and he's been playing on the on the Champions Tour, so you've got to take that into consideration. But you know, T three at the Senior Players Championship last week hasn't finished outside the top twenty since May. Uh, plays well, like he's gonna he's gonna make two birdies, right? Assuming assuming we don't get some crazy weather situation, these guys are gonna make some birdies. They're very savvy. This course isn't gonna really overpower them, so I'll keep an eye on it. Um. But but those are the two that have my attention. The other thing is, they're going to release these birdie or better matchups, which again smashed. Let me get let me just get the numbers for it because I know people have been asking about this. Okay, so they're going to release these birdie or better matchups by round. They're matchups, but instead of strokes, it's just birdies or better. And there's a headliner and a guy they play against. The headliner is the guy that is pictured, and um the lines have always been set to zero for every single one. So if you've been blindly betting the over, Andy M has been compiling this data for me. If you've been blindly taking the overs of those guys, last week they were 33, 17, and 12, moving the last four event total to 124, 83, and 37, just blindly taking the overs. Uh, Yeah, I will continue to do that. Um, and then obviously as more props come out, we can talk about that on, on the live show and all that fun stuff and on the Tuesday show, but man, there's, there's an edge there. Um, again, codes, Rick, there's a link in the description, sign up, get your hundred percent instant deposit match and, uh, slay the homies over at, at prize picks. Uh, the seven K range has, has so much interesting stuff. Uh, probably going to let JT Poston go, you know, the, he's been phenomenal. We got paid on him. Um, but you start to dive into his stats. Like he three putts a lot. Um, He's not great on those little wedgy situations. He hasn't, I don't think he's, he hasn't played an open championship. It's going to be a whole new world. Like we'll just catch up with you on like the Wyndham. We'll catch up with you at the Wyndham, JT. Um, Patrick Reed. If, if this gets really windy, I'm interested, right? Just, just scramble the the field to death is what Patrick Reed could potentially be able to do. So I'd be I'd be interested in that if the if the forecast gets really windy and maybe he's on the right side of the draw or something like that. Again, we're gonna have to keep a close eye on it. But man, that would be that would be kind of interesting. I I I actually believe that the um the live guys have a pretty good have a pretty good crack at it this time around. Uh you know, they did not do well at, at Brookline. That's a very demanding golf course. This is a much better setup for for a lot of those guys. The six thousand dollar range and I usually let the model you know, find a lot of the value here, but I throw Mackenzie Hughes into that category of, you know, the harder this gets, 
Uh, I think it's better for him. You know, the miscut at the Scottish wasn't great, but that snapped a pretty good stretch of golf for him. He finished sixth um, at the Open Championship last year. Emiliano Grillo starting to find the groove again, uh, which I like. So he's got two top 12. He's got two 12th place finishes in his last five trips to um, to the Open Championship. Coming off a runner-up at the John Deere, I'll just show you his stat profile. Oh, well, here's Sam Horsfield's stat profile, by the way, who, again, a live guy, but has been playing great on the European tour as well. Um, here's here's Grillo. He had the baby. Uh, he, he was kind of in a little bit of a slump. We're starting to see him come out of it again. So twice in his last three starts, he's gained over seven strokes in the ball striking categories. Think about the places that, that Grillo's generally had a lot of success. And we can just short, sort by um, strokes gained total and kind of look at his his PGA Tour stuff. And, you know, the, the ball striking is always exciting when it comes to when it comes to Grillo and places that he's had success or places that he's been uh the favorite at like you know Mayakoba, Punta Cana, um I want to say Puerto Rico, right? Like, pl- like coastal places, RBC Heritage where wind where wind can kind of kick you up and 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 mess you around a little bit. That seems to be where you get the best cuz he hits a, he hits a heavy ball, right? That's kind of the deal with uh with with Emiliano here. What else do we have? Not touching Phil Mickelson. Um, J.H. Kim. Ju Hyung Kim. Uh, didn't need the third place to get into. Didn't need the Scottish Open third place finish to get into this event. He was already qualified because he's been killing it all over all over the world. His uh, He's got Asian tour results. He's got some decent PGA tour stuff. He finished 23rd at the U.S. Open. He's a player. $6,500. All good there. Let's um let's run a model. We can deep dive a lot of these guys in the live chat. I know you guys are gonna ask such good questions. Um, but let's run a model and see what we can find. I could realistically run 50 different models um of different paths to get there. But let's go back to old faithful. Last 24 rounds. It, you, the last two winners in the last two weeks have been the top guy in the last 24 rounds. So let's start there. Now Boy, there's so much we could do. We could lean on par four scoring because there's so many of them. We could kind of live in that little chippy wedge range. We could go with scrambling. Let's do a little bit of everything. So actually what I'll do is um, I'll put a little on 50 to 125, just a little bit, like, like, like 15. And I will put another 15 on par four scoring. There's so many of them. I will put uh, now. Now let's go, and then we'll, we'll put we'll put ten on scrambling. Actually, no, let's not do that. So that leaves us with it leaves us with seventy weights. So now I want to go through each of the four major categories here. So so in driving accuracy, I don't think means much at all, and distance I don't think is a prerequisite, but I think it would be a little bit helpful. So just a little bit, just ten there. Approach play. Now we already have fifty to one twenty five dialed in. So let's just give it another little boost. Let's just give it you know, 15 more around the green. Let's just go with like 15 on scrambling, which leaves us with 30. Now 30 is we could do putting. Uh, we could do putting from greater than like, let's do that. Let's do putting from. So we'll do 15 on putting from uh, 25 feet and out. And then we will do 
our final 15, we could do it on birdie or better. We could do it on DK points gained. We could do it on strokes gained putting. We could do it on strokes gained total and just kind of ramp. Let's do that. Let's do it on, let's do it on weighted strokes gained total. Cause you got guys coming from all over the world, qualifying from different things. Um, let's just run this and see what happens. And maybe we'll get a little bit freaky here. Number one golfer is, oh boy. Yeah. Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas. And it's a pretty big gap. Pretty big gap from JT, the number one golfer, which makes sense, right? He he was a great scrambler. Uh, he's already got a major championship this year. It makes sense. Cam Smith, number two. Patrick Cantlay, number three. Sam Burns is four. That's a little bit worrisome, right? A guy that I uh, anecdotally was saying, you know, maybe I won't get to Sam Burns. Well, now he's my fourth ranked golfer, so I'm going to need to do a little bit of research there. Jordan Spieth, five. Love it. Sung J M is six. Talked about him. Scotty is seven. Rom is eight. Now, that's noteworthy, but that means he is the fourth guy over 10K, even though he's eighth, which is not great if you're John Rom. Russell Henley, nine. Okay, a little research coming for Henley on nine. Uh, Corey Connors is 10. Xander's 14th. So this was a pretty freaky model to run, uh, and it came out pretty interesting. So I'd have to think about... Sam Burns, I'd have to think about Russell Henley and if I want to be on what is likely to be a very chalky Xander Shoffley. Now, we will know a lot more later in the week and we can run more models, right? When we start getting weather and ownership and all this stuff, we're going to we're going to see. So there's there's so much more content coming. There's a Tuesday live betting show. There is a Wednesday live chat and a Jock Market Power Hour. Um, I'll be quite active on Twitter at Rick Run Good. So this is a massive week. I'll be diving into it. I'll send out a newsletter this week. You can sign up for that. There's a link in the description with a bunch of stats and trends and stuff like that. So going to be an absolute blast. Um, we've only just begun. I'm wishing you all the best of luck and I'll talk to you soon.